Hello once again, everybody. I'm the Common Sense American, and I don't know about you, but I didn't watch Joe Biden's State of the Union address last night. I guess I probably should have. It's a good idea to be informed on, on, on important matters, as I've often said. However, as I said last week in my podcast, uh, this has become a sort of a culture war, a left versus right, in, in a way that this country has never seen. And it's largely because one side can predict the other very, very easily. And, and when I say that, I pretty much mean our side. Uh, I, I cite, again, a recent study that had been done uh, last month uh, where uh, both right-wing and left-wing individuals were asked questions about the other side in the study to see how well they understood their views and stances. And to me, uh, it's no surprise to me that the uh, right-wing uh, individuals did far better on this test. They knew damn well what this, the other side stood for, what they believed in, what they, uh, how they saw certain uh, hot-button issues and everything, while the left f- failed miserably. They really didn't know. They believed things that they're just told. That, you know, we're all evil and bad and this is how everybody thinks and they're all this way. And, uh, and it's, you know, it wasn't even close to accurate. But I remember saying, look, why should anybody be surprised? Those people never see or hear another side ever. They don't hear it or see it in school. It doesn't come to them in the entertainment. It doesn't come to them through the media. It doesn't come to them in the government. How would they ever know? Unless you went and actively looked for it, you'd never know. All you know is that the other side isn't being painted as uh, people who disagree with you, but people who are wrong and bad and should be ignored, silenced, suppressed, and all that. So you're a bad person if you agree with them, so they'll just dismiss it out of hand anyway and make their own assumptions about you. That's how it works in a propaganda-ridden regime. Whereas on our side, all we ever see in here is 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 the opinion left. That's all we got. So of course we know what it's about. It's not hard. It's in our face every single second of the day. Um, so there's no reason for me to really watch Biden's speeches. There, we all know what he's going to say. He's going to lie about the economy and try and spin it as best he can to try and avoid blame. We know he's going to skirt the border issue. We know he's going to desperately attempt to slam the MAGA Republicans. And by the way, as another little side note, I had said a few months ago when Biden said something pretty nasty about MAGA Republicans, and then he walked it back and said, well, I'm only talking about the extreme side, the MAGA side. I'm not talking about all Republicans. And I had said, look, look at the Democrat playbook. What this is really going to eventually mean and what it's eventually going to entail is that Biden and the entire party will shift to labeling all Republicans with this demonic M-A-G-A moniker. And they will all fall under this umbrella, regardless of what they think, and that anybody who disagrees with them is therefore a dangerous radical. I said that was the direction that was going to go, and that's exactly what happened, because they are no longer differentiating between far right and moderate right. They're They're not even not even making an attempt, and they're doing it on purpose. We all know why they're doing it. So when his State of the Union goes up, you go, yeah, whatever. We, we know. I could, I, could, I could have written that speech for him. I know exactly what he's going to say. I know the only things he, that, that they're going to want him to say. Um, and, you know, what's the point? But I think the biggest issue that still um, assaults this nation is the border crisis. It has only gotten worse. And I want to put forth a bit of a radical idea this uh, during this show and just see what people think. Um, I, I thought about it a few times 
And each time I go into it thinking that it's very radical, but then coming out of it thinking, you know, this is kind of reasonable. It, it makes sense in a lot of ways. Uh, before, I had done a show oh, at least two or three years ago now where I advocated the idea of just closing the border. Just close it. Close the southern border entirely. Actually, just, well, close the entire border. Don't let anybody in this country for 10 years. It's like, I likened it to turning off the water before you fix a leaky faucet. Because you can't fix it while the water's on, right? And with the constant flood, there's nothing, you can't fix anything. You just, you just keep putting your fingers in the dike and spring another hole. It's impossible. It can't be done. We have to close the border. There's no reason not to, frankly. The only people you let in here are people, let's say, you could, you could restrict it. Uh, people who already have family who are citizens here. People who are coming here for jobs that have jobs. The job's already nailed down. Those are all fine, and I don't care where they come from. That, and those, by the way, are pretty standard immigration rules for pretty much everywhere in the country and the, civilized, uh, in the world, in the civilized world. First world countries have these rules in place. To adopt these and to close our border down and, to, and basically say no one's ever coming in here without a just cause that's clearly documented I don't I really don't see the problem. Um, but obviously they're not going to do that. I, I think it, I think what my new plan and if you and if you're uh, and if you're as fed up with this crisis as I am and you see it as collapsing the country, um, then you might agree with it, um, especially when you hear statistics like over one percent of the United States population is now illegal, illegal aliens, illegal citizens. They're, they're not they're, they're not supposed to be here. That's a, just a stunning percentage. Um, I, I know 1% in, in people's minds doesn't sound very high, but don't forget, you know, 335 million people, that, that's, that's, that's 35 million illegal aliens. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing that we've allowed it to get this far. And if you think that this doesn't have a, a colossal negative impact on our country, you're too naive to chew your own food. Um, I don't care what color they are. I don't care where they came from. I don't care what gods they worship. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that the vast majority are coming across with criminal records. And if they're not coming across the criminal records, they're coming across to take stuff from us. They're coming from the lowest of the low. This is the problem. I've said this many times. We are not recruiting the best of the best anymore. Because that's what happens when you run a welfare state. You attract the lowest of the low and you repel the best of the best. And this is what's happening. So, think about this for a second. What if Mexico, Middle America, South America, which are our biggest problems, in terms of not just illegal immigration, but the cartels, the, uh, the drug scene that has completely destroyed this country, it's 98% of it's all coming from there, right? And we just sit up here, desperately attempt to uh, stem the tide, and in the government's case, they don't even bother to do that, and just send them billions of dollars in, in our taxpayer money, in the hopes that they'll somehow reverse their crap whole countries and, you know, they, they, people won't come here. Um, the, it, the very definition of insanity, as we have heard, is you keep doing something over and over and over when it doesn't work. The United States has been doing that with these countries for a very, very long time. We have been sending them, you wouldn't be able to add up, you wouldn't be able to tally the total amount of dollars that has gone down to these to uh, Middle and, and South America in an attempt to drag them up out of the gutter and create decent, normal countries that have decent, normal civilians that aren't trying to escape all the time. 
if that money had worked, then we wouldn't be in this problem. We wouldn't have endless millions trying to get in here. So it doesn't work. Kamala Harris, her idiotic idea of just sending more money down there to eventually stop this problem while completely ignoring the current problem doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It's like taxing the wealthy. This is all they know how to do. Keep doing the same thing over and over while everything gets worse. They're morons. So this is what we do. We simply take it all. Starting in a slow sort of movement downward. Just take Mexico. Annex it. It's part of this country now. It doesn't ha Here's the thing. I don't mean go over there and threaten them with an atom bomb and say, join us or else. If you offer, I pretty much guarantee they're going to do it. Look, they all, what the huge percentage of, of, of the population down there generally wants to come here. They have immense problems. Their citizens never feel safe. The cartels own that country. To negotiate an annexation, to make Mexico part of the United States would not be difficult, I don't believe. It'd be a gargantuan effort, of course, but I don't believe it would be much of a problem. Um, and let's not forget the strength of our military versus strength of theirs is kind of a laughing matter, and they're well aware of that too, if it came to that. It's Romanesque in its capacity. I know that this is something, this is how the Romans expanded out. They were a little more brutal about it, and they were a little more... Uh, strict, um, you know, it was sort of a join us or we're probably going to run right through you. But there were plenty of, I mean, they, they really didn't want them to become part of the Roman Empire. They wanted them to become taxpayers. They wanted them to become part of this expanding, uh, this great expanding empire. So, but the idea of expansion has long since fallen to the wayside because uh, the idea of war has become very um, uh, terrifying to a lot of people because it's not Obviously, we're not talking about swords and shields anymore. We're talking about mass devastation and millions of lives gone in a blink of an eye because of a nuclear attack, right? Um, so everyone's sort of stymied. No countries really change in the hands much anymore. Uh, the biggest thing is Russia and Ukraine, and that's not even that big of a thing in terms of land mass, in terms of, you got to remember, when, when empires in the past expanded, they expand across like a third of the globe. This is this is all just you know very little compared. So it that's why it sounds radical because historically speaking we haven't done it in a while and there are dangers to it because of the advanced weaponry that everybody seems to have. But if you look at every, this situation of all the countries and all the players involved in this plan of mine, it really isn't a uh, you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna get a huge amount of resistance. I think you're going to just because there's going to be some obvious national pride and they don't want to do that and they don't want to be forced to do something they don't want to do. But if they look at their situation, it might not be that complicated to have Mexico be part of this country. Now, people who are against this in this country will say, "Well, we don't want that mess. Why would we want Mexico for right?" Well. And yes, it sort of falls to us to clean it up. I understand that. But look what you're doing. In one fell swoop, you're eliminating that border issue right there. Now, the Texas-Mexico border is huge. The Mexico border to middle America is tiny. It, you know, it comes up through Panama and Nicaragua, and that's about it. It wouldn't be hard to clamp down on that. And it's much further south, obviously. It's much further south than where most of us live. The issue would be, would be bottlenecked, essentially. 
And Mexico, too, would want to stop it because they are now part of the United States. They have taxpayers. And now you add all those people into being taxpayers to this country. They have the same benefits as these as citizens. They are United States citizens. It's what so many of them want in the first place. And they have that security. There's no reason for someone to say, okay, we got to get over the border. we got to get there. Why? You're in the United States now. There's no, no more. No more Mexico. And then you push further. Then you go through Middle America. Then you go through South America. And the all of the Americas would be completely united. Now, I know there's a mass difference in terms of culture, but what difference does that make at this point? The entire This entire country is just, it's more than a melting pot. It's insane. Everybody's, you're not going to have one dominant anything. Of any race, any ethnicity, any religion, it's unfortunate, but this is the way it's going. You're never going to get it back to a point where there's, you know, a, a homogeneous or some unified um, religion of something. That's never going to happen again, obviously. So in order to, and, and the biggest issues that have plagued this country for the past half a century are illegal immigration and drugs. Well, 98% of that's coming from the South. It's not coming from anywhere else. And we have direct access to it, and they're crap hole countries, and all we're doing is throwing money into the abyss, giving it to them and hoping it works, and it doesn't. It seems to actually make things worse. These countries don't get any better. They're just more depraved, more, more insane. Cartels have more reign. We sweep through there, the cartels are gone. The word cartel is dead. They're all, it's over. They ain't got nothing. It's done. They can't hold sway in the United States. We'll take them out. The military will take them out. Each and every, each and every country that becomes part of the United States, you come. that's it. Cartels are done. It's over. Not saying it's going to get rid of drugs. What I'm saying is that the entire structure the entire ecosystem of the illegal drug trade crumbles because we've taken over all of it. There, now you have to work in the dark as if they would, you know, like they're here because it's illegal everywhere. They don't hold sway. They, the entire countries aren't completely corrupt, which they are now in terms of politicians. And you have millions and millions of new taxpayers with absolutely no incentive to come here and try and overload this country, which... I, we're running out of space. We've got 330 million people here now, and I got news for you. Pretty soon, the the, the United States is not a gigantic. It's not huge. It's not the size of, of all of Asia or Russia or Africa. It's not very big. We can't keep this up forever. It's it's almost as if South and Middle America all want to come up and be lodged in this one little space. Why? I'm not saying everybody wants to, but I'm saying there's a good percentage, and I'm not entirely sure. If you said to them, one just flew on down there and said, "Hey, what do you think about?" What would you think about, I don't know, Colombia being part of the United States and, and told them what they can expect? I mean, so this is what it's going to be like as an American citizen as opposed to being a Colombian citizen. And you laid out the pros and the cons. You really think that they're going to say no? They're going to, I think they're going to like the idea. I think their politicians will like the idea and their leaders. And they can be states. They can continue to be states, not countries. The United States of America or Americas in this case. They can, they can maintain, can, just like here, we have um, states govern themselves to some capacity. I think we can allow them to do that as well. They're just not individual countries anymore. They're just part of the United States as states of our union. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I guess it's impossible just because, you know, it's such a huge 
undertaking and there's you know 25 countries involved I, I i understand that but i think it would in the long long run it would save millions of lives and add a just this cornerstone of solidity and stability that none of these continents have known in a long time we knew it when we first started out but now it's reaching the point where it's like critical mass um, and you're just erasing all these problems because of um, the fact that when you become an American citizen, everything changes. Your entire life will change. Yes, you would be in an individual state governed with, you know, the, the people you choose, but the federal government will be the United States, and that's who they report to. And like I said, the cartels will be done. Essentially, it's mobs, it's mafia, it's organized crime. Crack down on them, just like we crack down on the mafia here. Um, citizens will be American citizens, and they will pay taxes. And they will not take taxpayer dollars from everybody in America by coming here and going on the dole. We can't keep this up. Now, the only issue I have is that there's, there's so much poverty and so much... Uh, unrest down there that um, we may have to go through we'd have to go through some assimilation pains in that we'd have to shell out to get these places up and running but here's the thing we wouldn't be just handing the money see they're taxpayers so some of that money's a coming back to us and b we are directly in charge of what's going on down there we're not just handing money to a foreign nation and see what they do with it no 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 we're giving them money to help them do what they actually need to do to actually build up their infrastructure to cast out the cartels to create a stable environment for its people. We will oversee that now because guess what? They're part of us. And I have a feeling it's going to go much more smoothly. It'll actually be effective. I, these are things that I know, like, you know, it's very radical. Why would anybody want to do that? And, and there is, I suppose, the latent threat of, of military action because we're saying, uh, you know, if you don't, maybe we'll just come in and take it anyway. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think I'd just propose it. I'd like to see what they have to say. You know, I have a feeling you find out that a lot more of them are on board with this. And then for our people, for the for us, I think there's going to be people who are resistant to it for a number of reasons, and I understand that. But if you look down the road to the future of our children and our children's children, what does it look like right now with constant clash and repel with what's coming from down south? I mean, what else to do? Well, you want to eradicate them? You want to just take them out? This is never going to stop being a problem, clearly. Clearly. It's only getting worse. We send billions down there and millions keep come, trying to come in, and these are not the most savory individuals. I'm sorry, but they're not. It's nothing to do with racism. It's just what's coming here. So why bother? If you want to lift these people up, if you want to end the humanitarian crisis, which is exactly what it is, Maybe the more civilized and advanced country in this case needs to step up and actually do what, it, what, what the more civilized and advanced countries in this world used to do. Sending other countries a bunch of money saying, here you go, doesn't work. We've, and it's not just South America and Middle America where we've tested this theory for 75 years, pretty much ever since World War II, and given it out to everybody, everybody from Bangladesh to Iran, whatever. It doesn't work. All those countries still suck. It has, it has 
has not helped in the slightest. And if it has, it's such a small change over such a long span of time that there's no point in doing it anymore. Stop handing out money. And in the case of the Americas, I don't think there's any reason to. I think there's all more reason to make them, make the entire continent, both continents, one. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I think if you really sat down and listed out the pros and the cons and a, a, with, a, with an eye towards the future, understanding the difficulties and the problems that, were, that you'd have in, pull, in trying to pull this off, I totally get it. But looking at where we are now and the direction we're headed and what we've been doing, none of which is working, the idea that any of it's going to magically start to work is just, it's wrong. It's not going to because it hasn't. So we need something else. We need to come up with something else. And the idea is, very, I think, is very straightforward. And this does not mean, bear in mind, this is not open the border and let everybody show up. No, 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 no. This is, this is there is no border because they're the part of the United States, you see. And they are held to the same laws and they are, while having the same benefits, of American citizens. And then there's, there's no border crisis because there's no border. The border's down there and we keep pushing the border farther and farther down so there is no border and we have all the Americas. And everybody is unified. Individual states govern themselves to a certain extent with an overriding federal body, um, which, by the way, should not stick its nose in too much. Um, but that, you know, it's sort of like an expanded United States. Rather than just trying to do what we're doing now, which is not working and will not work, and God only knows where this leads to in the next quarter century. That's when you start to entertain so-called radical ideas. And this is a radical idea because it's so complicated and so difficult and, and could be dangerous. But you can't allow us to, you know, shuffle on down this path to destruction. It's not going to work. I don't want that to happen. A lot of people don't want that to happen. Nobody really wants it to happen. And I, again, let me repeat. I'm not saying, you know, stick a nuke in their nose and say, you know, sign on with us or else. That, that's not what I mean. Um, there, there's a lot to be said for uh, a unification of differing countries when the countries constantly threaten each other. Um, and one country, above all, is constantly being threatened, as in ours. And the weight of it, the burden of it, we are trying to shoulder the burden of not just this country, but all of Middle and South America. The, so much of their burden falls on us. And we accept even more of the burden by sending money out. Imagine how much money could be saved, not just in how much the fact that we the money goes out and to help those countries because they're part of us now, but the fact that it comes back to us in the form of taxpayer dollars. But think about how much more stable it could be. Um, I just, I don't know. I've thrown it out there. I'm sure there is some much smarter people in government who can explain why this is nuts and why it, it could never possibly work and it'd just be a disaster. I, I maybe. But this is just how I think, and this is things I've been thinking about. And I'd be interested to hear what other people have to think, have to say about it. So that's it for me. I appreciate you listening as always. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I don't listen to Biden much anymore because there's no reason to. We all know what he's going to say. We all know where we are. And frankly, just ignoring them and going about our business 
and trying to live our lives without giving these people, paying any attention to these people. And I mean, after that Grammy fiasco, which is disgusting, but and so twisted and dysfunctional that you can't believe humans have gone that far into darkness, but they have, willingly and voluntarily. The only upside of that is there's still very few people watching. There's about 12, a little over 12 million people who watched, which they'll tell you is a three-year high because it was only eight, nine, nine, or nine and 10 million people the past couple of years, except it's still the fourth lowest ever. Um, that show used to bring in 20 to 30 million, even between like 1975 and 2018. Um, and there were a whole lot fewer people in the country in the 70s and 80s too. So the percentages are way, way off. Um, but anyway, uh, that is the dysfunction that we're, you know, don't, 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 don't watch, don't tune in, don't buy any of these CDs or records or download their music. Don't go to any of these movies. Seriously, just say no and they'll feel the hurt and they'll feel the pain and they'll start to fold because they can't survive just on catering to half the country. Doesn't work that way. And they're finding that out. The best thing you can do is to ignore and boycott pretty much all of Hollywood, most of professional sports, a lot of entertainment. Don't listen to the government at this point. Uh, they're not going to tell you anything that's not a lie. Um, or, or, or very clearly spun, significantly spun. And in that way, we'll create this sort of, like I said last week, a division um, where there's going to be one side or another, and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, I, I think it'd be better if we just uh, pressed forward with something like my radical plan to see what happens. You never know. So that's it for me. I appreciate you listening. Um, I will be back again next week to talk about more common sense stuff. Maybe not another radical plan, but uh, try and think outside the box a little bit. And uh, thank you once again.